This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hello, family and friends. I'm Renette Marburg, ready to meet with you on my program, Rise. On this program, we have honest and truthful conversations around family challenges relevant to you. Rise on Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Finding God's truth for a way forward together. Good afternoon, family and friends, and we trust that you are well this afternoon. Thank you for joining me, Renette Marburg, on Cape Pulpit. And we just want to welcome you this afternoon that um, this is going to be a wonderful topic that we're going to be discussing today. We are, you know, we are the program where... As family and friends, we meet and we talk about and get wisdom and hope and guidance uh, and knowledge when real life happens in the family. And we often discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the family in truth and in love. I have doc- I have Pastor Andre Vanel all the way from Hermanus. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And we just want to bless you and with a topic that is going to be really something that touches all of our worlds. And that is the biblical essence of being a mother. So we're going to first listen to Rihanna Nalna, The Best of Me. You're listening to Rise on Radio Cape Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Good afternoon and thank you for joining me on Cape Pulpit, Renette Marburg. And we have got a wonderful guest in our studio today, and it's Pastor Andre Vainel. And I'm so happy to meet you after all, all this. I've heard so much about you. Thank you. So you're very, very welcome. And thank you for coming all the way from Hermanus. Um, pastor Vainel is a pastor of the Haven Church in Hermanus, and he has ministered all over the USA. Correct. And... But the most important, I've just thought this very intriguing, that you ministered to the Cherokee Nation. I mean, that is something so unique and can only have been designed for you. I mean, that's not by choice, everybody's choice to go to that nation. So you're obviously going to share with us exactly how... um, that must have been part of your ministry as well. So I want you to share a bit of that later on. Um, but we are going to be talking about the essence of being mothers and the biblical essence. And, you know, we often make so many mistakes. We are single mommies, ex-mommies, mommy-in-laws. So many of our roles how and how important it is. And Pastor Vanel has really encouraged me and I know the Holy Spirit is really going to be present in this whole uh, uh, program because it is one of the most important roles as living human beings and it was such and even Jesus it was his favorite person on this earth was his mother and uh, so Pastor Vanel I'm going to leave it up to you just to explain to us exactly what you've done in over the years and what is what led you to really zooming in on the role of motherhood. Uh, okay. We live in the last days, and the Bible says um, 
we shall have dreams and visions and we shall prophesy. It's in Acts chapter 2. One of the things that has happened to me is I've had many, many dreams and visions. And some of them just um, are very strange and they don't have much meaning to me. But they have a lot of meaning to the people that I talk to. And for instance, both the Cherokee and the mother thing happened to me because of uh, basically a dream. And I think let me start with that. Let me tell you a little story. I went to the States and I was ministering in the States and then I went to a horse farm because uh, my wife and I, we love horses and I got Lyme disease and you know, that comes from a tick yes. and it's not like tick bite fever, it's totally different and we don't have it in South Africa and when I came home, I was very ill, went to the doc and he said, go to hospital. Now, I don't like hospitals, so I was fighting all the way and my wife said, stop being an idiot, go to hospital. So we went to hospital and uh, they quite didn't know, quite know how to treat because they don't know how to deal with Lyme disease. I'm talking about 10 years ago. Mm. So anyway, they put me on a saline drip, and the next morning my wife came and she said, but your face looks like a football. Let's get out of here. So I pulled the saline drip out and we ran. I ran. <laughs> got into my truck and I said, take me home. I'm not going to die in the hospital. I was quite besides myself. I get home, and when I get home, my, my wife puts me to bed and she goes off to pick and pay. All I can tell you is that I started, I ended up in heaven. That's all I can tell you. How I did it, how it worked, I don't know. I met the Lord, and the Lord said to me, you can't be here very long. Your time is not right. This is not the right time for you. But I'll give you an angel to take you around to show you what you need to see. The angel's name was Leo, which was, I thought, quite a cute name. It means praise the lion. I thought, that's an unusual name. Okay. He took me around, he picked me up with his arm, and he carried me around. And one of the things that he showed me was about a group of children that were between five and, I'd say, eight years old, about 40 of them, sitting in a circle, totally, they, they weren't saying anything. They were totally uh, somber. And I said, that's impossible. Children at that age, all amount, those amount of children, they playing with each other, pulling their hair, kicking each other. There's no ways they can all be quiet. He said, those are the children without a name. I said, what? Now, nobody was more surprised than me. He said, they're the children without a name. I said, what? And that's all he told me. I didn't understand what that was about. Anyway, I woke up, came back, and I... Just put that dream up my sleeve, not quite understanding exactly what that was all about. And a few nights later, I have another dream. And I dream of these soldiers chasing these children and these mothers through the snow. And because I couldn't see the uniforms of the soldiers, I didn't know who they were. And they had bayonets and they were chasing these kids and mothers through the snow. And I asked my wife, I said, was there anything in the Afrikaans history, because uh, my wife is Afrikaans, uh, that tells us a, a, an event like that. She said, no. I said, Lord, I don't understand this. Now, I've understood one thing about dreams. We don't always understand them. But God, if you give God a chance, he will explain them to you. Yes. So I said, okay. So I said, okay, I'm going to put that up my sleeve and I'll wait. And three days later, I have another dream and I'm standing outside my house looking up in the stars and I see the stars start to move and they make this statement trail of tears and I'll go what's that I don't know anything about trail of tears but you know Google is a wonderful thing mm. 
So I get into Google Trail of Tears and I hear this whole thing about the Cherokees being kicked out of North Carolina and going into Oklahoma. 80,000 Cherokees left that, uh, their, la- their homelands. And by the time they got to Oklahoma, there were 16,000 left. Wow. So it was a genocide. That must seem terrible. And I suddenly realized, hang on, there's something on the go here. And I say to the Lord, well, so what? I'm a little guy in Hermanus. What does that mean to me? Two weeks later, I get a call to come to the States. And um, I'm standing in the top of a bank building, the um, Bank of America, right in the boardroom. All the CEOs of all the banks had got together and said, we want you to tell us why there's no rain in North Carolina. They had no rain for 18 months. And North Carolina is a wet state. So everybody was panicking. And I said, that's very simple. David had no rain in, in Israel. And he went to the Lord and said, why haven't we got rain? And the Lord said, because you must make right with the Gibeonites because of what Saul did to the Gibeonites because he pushed them out of their land because he, he was a Benjamite. And the land of the Gibeonites were given to the Benjamites, but there was a contract with the Gibeonites between the Gibeonites and Joshua. He was not allowed to chase them out the land. So I said, you chased the Cherokees out the land. Now you guys must repent. And I said, it's not the time for the pastors to repent. It's the politicians who created. They must repent. So to cut a long story short, I ended up going backwards and forwards to North Carolina. And we had a meeting in a place called Murphy, North Carolina, where all the chiefs of the Cherokees get together, because there are two or three of them, with their uh, staff. And the politicians... um, had arrived because I'd been in the White House and I'd been in the governor's mansion telling him the story about you need to repent. And uh, the interns of the politicians washed the Cherokees' feet. They apologized for what happened 150 years ago. And two weeks later, the rain came back. And it started to rain. Now, just as a matter of interest, they've asked me to go back, which I will be going next month, uh, to do a documentary. Next month? Yeah, at the end of April I'm going to do a documentary on this very factor. And what they've done is because I complained about uh, the Trail of Tears and I said, that's not going to help you keep calling it the Trail of Tears. Change the name and you'll change the future of the history, a future history of the nation, of the Cherokee Nation. So they're changing it to the Trail of Joy. And what they're going to do is they're going to exodus from Oklahoma to North Carolina uh, these thousands of Cherokees, and they're going to film it. Praise the Lord. And then that will be the psyche in that nation. It's a trail of joy now. It was a trail of tears. It's a trail of joy. Somebody said, where do you get that? I said, well, what did Peter do? He denied Jesus three times. Then what did Jesus do? He said to Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And that canceled out the denials. Wow. And so that whole trail of joy will cancel out the trail of tears and Cherokee Nation was the first indigenous people that actually received the Lord from the Moravians. Uh, and they were the, the chiefs and all of them, they became a Christian nation. And when Stonewall Jackson said, get out of your lands, he, what, he, he, what he actually created was a civil war within the church. And, and, okay. and we asked for a presidential pardon. In 2009, Obama gave us a presidential pardon for the Trail of Tears. Incredible. What a journey. Mm. And I must, I mean, I cannot believe that a man from South Africa could change the nation in 
another country. I mean, as big as USA. And I mean, the Cherokees is from, it's like their history. I mean, the beginning of their yeah. time. Yeah. That is wonderful. That is yeah. absolutely incredible. Well, I think also the big thing, I think if it came from an American pastor, they would have said, oh, yeah, okay. But because it came from me and I was an unknown, and because I'd managed to speak uh, the words of this whole thing to bankers and not to churches, mm. that changed the whole thing. Mm. Because I was invited to see Mr. Bush in, in the White House, I was invited to the governor at North Carolina, and I was told to tell the story. I said, okay, I'll tell the story. So I was in the White House. I was in the it's president's only the, it's office. It's only the presence of the Lord in you. It can only be. I mean, it, for me, myself, I, and it's, it's quite... It's quite terrifying, actually, to go into these places of great power. And I'm a little guy from Vermont. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm no T.D. Jakes or, <laughs> or Franklin Graham. You know, I'm just me, you know. But God uses the simple things you know, to confuse the wise, and he uses the weak things to confuse the strong. Yes. And it was a great privilege for me to be involved in yeah. it. And I was still involved with it. That is incredible. That is incredible. And, I mean, as it says in the Word, the Lord says that he'll use the ordinary pe person to do extraordinary things. And he said that he, we're going to do Absolutely. greater things than he did. Absolutely. And, I mean, this is such an incredible testimony. Um, and, obviously, with you ministering and coming back, so, so what has kept you in Hermanus? I mean, obviously, you've, got, you've opened up some churches as well. Um, and just the reason of, uh, you know, you, what is your focus on the, on your ministry right now? Well, I think COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of people. So what we did in Hermanus, we started with home churches. We started to get into home churches. Uh, like for two reasons. Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, for two reasons, basically, because it's easier. Uh, we know the people. Um, it, it gets the people praying, gets them all excited that they, they're doing something for the Lord. And then every every month we have a worship service where we call the whole of Hermanus together. We say every Christian in Hermanus, come on a Sunday night once every two months and worship with us. And we import somebody to lead us from worship from another area. We had Brian Gibson from Natal uh, two, two months ago. And this Friday we've got, uh, this, this Sunday in the auditorium, we've got a guy called uh, Mayor Ferreira who does English and Afrikaans mix worship. And he's really, is really, is very good at, at, at leading us to worship. So we, and then we've got another, we've got a, um, a bluegrass gospel group will lead us in worship in June. So we, we're doing that so that people get a chance to worship and meet one another. Because I think Wonderful. one of the biggest things in the church is we don't meet the other believers. And it's fellowship, eh? And we don't fellowship. Yes. So this is a way of getting every, and we're not, uh, you know, for us, it's just to meet the other believers, have fellowship, pray together. And do the things that, that believers should do. Wonderful. That sounds absolutely incredible. But, you know, we got, uh, we're going to be talking about motherhood. Um, I think I'm not going to start that right now. I think we need to talk off. We'll first listen to Laura's story. It's called Blessings. And then we're going to really get stuck into this topic of motherhood. Okay. And I'm so excited. So, uh, listeners, we are going to listen to Laura's story. Uh, blessings. I have not heard the song yet before. So we are going to look forward to listening to Laura's story and we'll catch up with you straight after this. 
Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me on Cape Pulpit this afternoon on my program called Rise, and we are speaking about the essence and the important role, the biblical role of being a mother. And we have got Pastor Andre Vanel coming to share his word on the role of a mother and the essence of a mother. So thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. But I do want to encourage you. We do have a WhatsApp line um, that if there's anything that you want to know about our guests or my program or um, just connect, just communicating with us, our WhatsApp line is 081-729-1657. Our SMS uh, number is 37988. Telegram is the same as our WhatsApp number, 081-729-1657. And uh, we, have a, we actually have a counseling department as well, 021-9177-000, and you can press option 1, and you'll get somebody that can pray with you or any other need that you need to discuss please contact us. We are available for you. And please go and visit our Facebook page. page. Uh, we've got a fantastic fellow, uh, following there. And communicate with us and share with us. And uh, just go and have a look. A lot of activity happening on our Facebook. So I just want to encourage you. Um, my program is that of uh, encouragement and uh, how we can guide you. But uh, today we're going to talk about motherhood. So, Pastor Vanel, I'm going to leave it up to you just to explain to us what have <clears throat> you, what has the Lord shown you? Okay, so let me, let me share a scripture with you. It says, he who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. So that means he'll be solid. And then he says this, I will write on him my, the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, and the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven and my, uh, from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Now, in that scripture, and it's in Revelations chapter uh, 3, there are three mentions of three names. The most important thing is names. Okay, so here's what happens. So I go to heaven, I see all these kids. I don't know what's going on. I go to America and I'm ministering in a women's meeting and I see this little girl running around this lady with a dress, pulling on the dress. Now, I can see the little girl because it's in the spirit. The lady couldn't see anything. And I say to her, my dear, what's the little child running around you pulling on your dress all about? She said, I don't know what you're talking about. So I said, are you a Sunday school teacher? No. Do you have kids of your own? No. So I said, okay, I don't understand. I can only tell you what I'm seeing. And I moved to the next person. The lady behind her says, tell him the truth. So they call me back to this lady. And the lady starts to cry. And I say, what's the matter? She said, eight years ago, I had a miscarriage. I said, okay. I said, and how do you feel? She said, I'm guilty and I'm shameful about it. I think many women out there who've had an abortion and a miscarriage go through the shame and the guilt of it. I said, okay, do you know what to do about it? She says, no, I have no idea. So I said, okay, this is very simple. This is what you do. I said, I want you to pray. Pray this prayer after me because you won't know what to pray. Just pray this prayer after me and then you can do it on your own. 
Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for what has happened to me and to my child. And if I've done anything to cause the miscarriage, please forgive me. And receive now the forgiveness from the Lord. Now I'm going to ask you to do something that's very unspiritual. And she said, what? I said, now you're going to address your child. You see, because a child cannot be a child unless they have a name. A mother cannot be a mother unless they have a name. Now, what would your child have been? She said, no, it would have been a little girl. I said, have you got a name? Yes, her name would have been Grace. I said, okay, Grace, say this after me. This is your mother speaking. I'm so sorry that we could not play and pray on earth together. But I promise you, when we come to heaven, I'm going to play and pray with you. Well, I want to tell you, Renette, the presence of God came down in that room that nobody blubbed more than me. I was the one crying the crocodile tears because of the presence. The woman said, do you know who I am? I said, no, I don't know who you are. Her friend says she was the top gospel singer in the Southern Baptist Convention. And what happened was in the Southern Baptist Convention in America, these gospel groups go from church to church to church singing. She was the top singer. She was even on, uh, I believe, with the Gaithers. She says, from the time of that miscarriage, I've refused to sing. So I said, okay, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to write your daughter's name on a piece of paper. I want you to put a magnet at the back of the paper, and I want you to stick it on the fridge. And every morning when you go, I want you to say, Grace, this is your mother coming. This is your mother speaking. I'm coming. I'm going to keep my promise. When I get to heaven, I'm going to play, and I'm going to pray with you forever. Well, three months later, I get a DHL parcel. Inside the DHL parcel, there's a CD. And this lady, and I'm not going to give her a name because she's world famous. She says, Pastor Andre, thank you so much because I have no more guilt and shame. I'm looking forward to seeing my daughter. And you've brought back the joy of the Lord in my life. Thank you for that ministry. Now, why I'm saying this is because there are women out there who've had a miscarriage, who've had an abortion. I want you to know that Jesus can forgive you. His blood can cleanse you of anything. There's nothing he cannot cleanse you of. But you need to go to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. If I've done something that's caused the death of this child, and it's a child, it's not part of your body, he's a child, she's a child. Lord, forgive me. His blood will cleanse you. Then go and speak to your child. Tell your child, I'm sorry we couldn't play and pray here on earth, but I'm coming to glory to play and pray with you. The essence of a mother is to play and pray with her children. Yes. That's the essence. If you are a mother and you're just taking your kids to school and you're just buying them food, that's not the essence. That's just the duty. Yes. The essence is to pray with your children. There's nothing more wonderful. I, I have a rule in my home churches. If a daughter is to be baptized, and we baptize quite a lot of people, I make sure the parents baptize the children. Wow. Why? Because the essence of parenthood is to do things with your children. And one of the things that I've noticed is the fact that mothers must be able to c commit and to give over and transfer 
the thing of the things of the Lord, the things of the Holy Spirit, the things of the Scripture to their children. So I'm going to tell you one more story. I hope we've got some time. I think we're going to. I think I'm going to do this straight after this. Okay. I can't believe how time goes by. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather hold it on to for the next session. Okay. Um, but let us listen to "Waiting on You" by Kizia Peterson. Uh, she's one of my favorite artists. I think. Um, they know that I often have on my program, and uh, she's just too too wonderful. It says, waiting on you, and I think it's so, so relevant to the program. So um, let us just join us after this. Uh, Pastor uh, Andre Vanel has got something to share with us, and uh, we're so looking forward to it. Time is really going, uh, uh, going fast. <laughs> so we'll chat later. Oh, my goodness, and that was Kizia waiting on you, Kizia Peterson, and wasn't that incredible? Um, and I've just been in tears, absolutely shattered by our speaker this uh, afternoon about how to, as a mother, that we need to pray and play. And that leaves us, even for our grandmothers, our mother-in-laws, um, any full role of a mother, you need to be praying and playing with your children. And uh, so, Pastor Vanel, you were going to share a, a, a story with us. So if you can just start. Sorry, I'm a bit emotional. but okay. um, <laughs> I expected but, uh, yeah. to be so. <laughs> it's just so, so close to my heart. So, um, so let me okay. tell you about this, Renate. There's a church in Charlotte, North Carolina called King's Kitchen. Now, in the, it's in downtown Charlotte, and in the week it's a restaurant. And on Sunday, the, the pastor or the, the chef who owns the restaurant turns it into a church. So he gets all the people downtown Charlotte to come to King's Kitchen. And uh, I've been a guest speaker there a number of times. At any rate, they, we, we go into this church services one Sunday. And quite frankly, sometimes the worship bands are rock and roll bands. They're not worship bands. And so I tell them to stop playing. It's too loud, too noisy. And I just don't sense the presence of God. And the night before, I'd asked the guy to, who I'd ministered to to come and play his clarinet. And he played the clarinet. And as he did that, the presence of God came down. And when the presence came down, I said, let's have an altar call now before I preach. And this guy comes up, Mexican guy, and he's crying. And I said, brother, what's the matter? He says, my girlfriend doesn't trust me. So I said, where is she? No, she's at the back. So I said, bring her. She comes, and she's standing in front of me, a little Mexican lady, very attractive little lady, and I say to her, why don't you trust your boyfriend? What's the problem? She said, all men are the same. I said, what are you talking about? She said, every time I have a relationship with a man, they make me pregnant, and then they tell me to go and have an abortion. She said, I've had five. So now the guy didn't know that. He's now revelation to him, and she's now, because she's under the anointing, she's telling the truth. So I pray with her. I say, right, I don't know Spanish names. Give me five names. And she names them. I said, right, now this is what you're going to do. And anybody out there, if you're going through the guilt and shame of abortion or miscarriage, this is what I want you to do. Raise your hand and touch the radio. I want you to make a point of contact with me. This is what I want you to do. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I'm terribly sorry if I've done something to cause the death of, of my child by abortion or miscarriage. Please forgive me and wash me in the blood. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all sin. Then I want you to talk to your children. And I said to this lady, I said, right, give me the names. And I mean, they were Spanish names, Emmanuel and Isabella, and I can't remember. 
and she started to name them. And if she named them, the Spirit of God came and she began to weep. And she called and she said, I'm coming. When I die, I'm coming to see you, to play and pray with you. Now, I want you to write the name of that child. And if you can't find a name because you don't know if it was a boy or girl, then choose a neutral name like Sam or Jesse or something like that. Write it on a piece of paper, stick it on your fridge. And every day I want you to go and say to your child, don't worry, your mother's coming to play and pray with you. Now, let me say this. I have a daughter in Durban. She's not with me. She's in Durban, but she's my daughter. You have a daughter in heaven? You have a son in heaven? They're not with you. They're just in another place. One day, when you go through those gates of pearl, they'll be standing there shouting. And they'll be saying, Mama, you recognize me. Thank you. Because do you know how many children in heaven never get, a, get given a name? and are not recognized. They're like the children in the orphanage waiting for someone to come and adopt them. And that's what the angel showed me that day. This little girl that I talked about in the first story, with the moment that she was named Grace, I saw her running around this lady in the spirit with her arms up almost shouting. I couldn't hear what she was saying, but hallelujah, I've been recognized. I have a mama on earth. I have a mother on earth and she's coming. And like any child, my mother's coming to pray and play with me. And it changes everything. And I tell you what, if you put your hand on the radio and do exactly what I've told you to do, I tell you what, God will remove the guilt and shame from you because that's Amen. what God does. Amen. Amen. And number two, tell people, I have a child in heaven. Acknowledge your, acknowledge child. your child. Take your child into your bosom and say, you're my child, even though... This happened. It's, it's gone. It's the past. You can't change it. But the blood of Jesus can forgive you, Praise cleanse you, and remove the guilt and shame. And I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Oh, this is such a, such a revelation, mm. such a plain and simple Hallelujah. revelation. But it is life-changing. Pastor Vano, you know, just the, the, the fact that the acknowledgement mm. and that connection mm. cannot be removed again. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's um, never to be forgotten. Sure. And it gives you purpose to live for towards. Sure. And uh, that is so beautiful. Sure. I just want to thank you for that word. It has been such a revelation for me. But mommies and grandmommies and single mommies, Pray and play with your children. Okay. It is as plain and simple as that. Yeah. And we just thank you. We just thank you for the revelation that you've shared with us. And um, can we maybe ask you just to pray pray sure. with us, uh, just uh, you know, to finish up and I, pray I would, into our families. I'd like to just share one short story. Please do. I went Please to a home meeting and there was a lady that was there who was dressed, sometimes ladies now to dress, who are very wealthy. She was an extremely wealthy lady. She dressed in the finest diamonds and jewels and whatever. And in the meeting, I was sharing on, on uh, mothers and, and daughters and the, the need to acknowledge them. And she got up and she started to hell that a mascara was running right down on this beautiful dress that must have cost thousands. And for me, it was a bit of a giggle because I thought it was just black stripes. <laughs> She said when Roe versus Wade was first approved in 1971-73, around about that, she says, I was the first of 12 women to get an abortion. She said, I then got saved 
10 years later, and I thought I'd dealt with it. I'm now 70-odd, but in the last three months, the guilt and shame has come back. She said, but I've never, ever given my child a name. Mm. I've never <laughs> acknowledged my child in heaven. But tonight, I declare to my child, and she's in front of me, I think the girl's name was Jessie. I think she called her Jessie. She said, Jessie, this is your mother. I'm sorry, but I'm coming. Meet me at the gate, mm. and we will play, and we will pray together yes, forever. And we started to pray, and I prayed with her, and she said, the guilt and shame is gone. It's gone. I said, now, my dear, just remember you have a child in glory, and you will see that child, and that child will see you, and the child does acknowledge you, and you do acknowledge her. So, Father, we thank you for all the ladies out there that have been through this kind of stuff. Lord, as they lay their hands on the radius, I'm asking you that the Spirit of the living God would touch them. I'm praying, Lord, that you would bless them. I'm praying, Lord, that you'd remove from them with your precious blood all their guilt and all their shame. And I pray, Lord, that they would write the name of their child on a piece of paper, put it on a magnet, on the fridge, and speak to that child every day. And say, Jesse, Sam, whatever the child's name is, I'm your mother. I'm sorry about what happened on earth, but I'm coming. And we're going to play and pray together forever. Amen. And Father, I ask you for that. And I pray that, Lord Jesus, that the testimonies would come in. I pray that women would be delivered today of shame and guilt. And I ask you, Lord, that you would return to them the joy of their salvation. Because they know they have a future with the children that they never played with here. But they're going to play with in glory. In Jesus' matchless and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. All glory to him. Amen. Wow, what an incredible program that I've just we've had. So thank you so much, Amen. Pastor Andre. We will definitely have you back. <laughs> I want to hear about the documentary. Okay. I would love to see see what you've got to say about that. But we just ask you that uh, we just want to ask um, and just commend you on the role that you are playing Thank you. in families right now. Thank you. And may the Lord just continuously use you mightily wherever you go. And may this revelation touch many women and many families and many future mommies and, mm. uh, and uh, that they will decide not to have abortions and that this will be an opportunity to pray and play with their children. So I just want to thank you. Thank you so much. You have touched my heart today and god bless you and thank your you. family and may you prosper in all areas of your life and thank you for joining us so family and friends it's time to go and uh, we got gilma stander coming uh, on onto uh, the radio the next uh, with the news and um we just look forward to having a great week further and we just want to bless you stick to the rules and um be safe till next week same time. God bless you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.